The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Morning, folks. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker, Stock Market Authority. Happy Wednesday to you. Uh, let's get right into it. What we're going to talk about today, hire for longer, get used to it. There's going to be ways to make money. I'm going to show you those in this show and going forward. Interest rates aren't that high, and we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to open the mailbag, and we're going to talk about Ozempic, uh, which seems to be uh, uh, taking the country by storm. Novo Nordisk makes Ozempic. We'll talk about that. And the ripple effects uh, on on many, many companies in stocks. We're going to talk about uh, defense and uh, Lockheed Martin, given what's you know going horribly wrong in the world right now, and uh, Hormel. We're going to talk about spam and scrapple for my Philadelphia friends, so uh, this is going to be fun. We're going to go through the portfolio, and uh, we're going to, I'm going to give you my uh, search for the 10 best ETFs that are out there. I try to make money every year, and uh, I do this for my sons, Bobby and Jack. I invited their friends to come in, and uh, I love coaching young people, and now it's on steroids, and, and I get to, uh, to uh, talk with all of you. Uh, today's top story, please. Uh, we're going higher for longer, and, and interest rates aren't that high. And I know that sounds... Uh, uh, you know, counter to what you're hearing in, in the general press right now. But, uh, you know, here, uh, and I'm going to do this to so that if I'm going to be more audio friendly because Chrissy's making me. Uh, and, uh, but I have a chart here and it, it, it basically shows interest rates from 1962 because I need a hobby apparently. This is what I do in my spare time. But interest rates uh, peaked in 1980 at, uh, at, at 15% plus, and that's what the chart shows. And we came down to basically zero during uh, COVID and all that craziness. And rates are now at 4.83%, the 10-year treasury, 4.83 on the close yesterday. And my point is that this is normal. QE, what the Fed did over the last 15 years, is the anomaly, is strange, is aberrant behavior. Interest rates, by and large, we just come back to, to where you know a normal band is, you know, between four to six to seven percent. That's kind of where the 10 years been historically. And here's what the and the chart shows that. It also shows you that that 40-year downtrend in interest rates is over. We have broken through. That is a clear breakthrough. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't want you – first of all, I want to give you historical perspective. And I also uh, want you to, to, you know, get used to it, frankly. I mean, this is, this is the world we live in, and it's not going to change anytime soon. And if you're waiting for the Fed to, to bail you out – and, and, you know, cut interest rates so you can go buy meme stocks, it's not going to happen. So uh, I just want to dissuade you of that. Uh, uh, and this was partly spurred by uh, Howard Marks' memo. He's the chairman of, of Oak Tree 
arguably the best distressed debt investor ever, bright, literally, when his uh, uh, memo shows up in my mailbox, I stop what I'm doing and I read it. It's it, He comes out maybe four or five times a year. It takes about 15 minutes to read, and it is always great. So there's a link in the show notes. I really recommend it highly. Uh, it's free, and it's it, frankly, it's it's uh, just a great synopsis of what's going on on the world. And his its title is Further Thoughts on Sea Change. And uh, I always like to... Uh, cut to the chase and kind of get to the three main points that I take away from anything that I read or listen to or view. And here's what I've got here. Uh, And this is Howard. This memo's main message is that the changes I described in sea change aren't just usual cyclical fluctuations. Rather, taken together, they represent a sweeping alteration of the investment environment calling for significant capital reallocation. Now, he's talking his book and basically saying you got to buy bonds and we manage bonds better than anybody else. So I'll give him that. Everybody talks their book. Now, second... Finally, here's what John Kenneth Galbraith called the extreme brevity of the financial memory. Relatively few investors today are old enough to remember a time when interest rates behave differently. Everyone who has come into the business since 1980, in other words, the vast majority of today's investors, has, with relatively few exceptions, only seen interest rates that were either declining or ultra-low or both. And, you know, my boys are 26 and 25, and, and most of you are, you know, in, in your 20s, give or take. And uh, I, I know this is all we've seen. We saw the great financial crisis. We saw the Fed uh, uh, flood the world with money, take interest rates down, do whatever they had to. And then COVID was the second wave of that. And, um, uh, you know, the world has changed for, for the foreseeable future. I won't say forever, but the, I just want you to get used to these interest rates and the trend change that has occurred and, and uh, alter your mindset and behavior and perspective. Lastly, third point, five years ago, this is Howard again, an investor went to the bank for a loan, and the banker said, we'll give you $800 million at 5%. And picture that someone is buying a, uh, a Boston office tower or what have you. Now the loan has to be refinanced, and the banker says, we'll give you $500 million at 8%. So that means the investor's cost of capital is up, his net return on the investment is down or negative, and he has a $300 million hole to fill. So... Uh, this isn't going to change anytime soon. It just isn't. And uh, I just want you to get, there's ways to make money. You know, I'm going to work hard to make money every year, no matter what happens, but I'm going to work in the, the market I have, not the market I wish for. And I encourage you to do the same. And I think many people are, are, are fighting this. And if you want to fight the market, uh, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight and you're not going to win. So uh, this is where I see going on, and uh, I call him like I see him. And again, we're finding ways to make money, and I'll share those with you. Now, the next uh, chart, and for my my listeners, uh, this is interest rate. Sorry, I, I use this specifically. This is the cash, the interest payments on the federal debt quarterly. And it has doubled in the last two years from half a trillion to a trillion dollars a quarter, and it is going up. It looks like the left side of the damn Matterhorn is what it looks like. And so 
they can't do anything about it. The bonds are out there. You got to pay the bondholders, and that cash has to come from someplace. And and that means that either taxes go up or spending goes down, and both are lousy choices. And in this political environment, and every political environment, it is going to be an absolute bear to 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 get that to happen. So uh, the the uh, the backdrop is. The, frankly, the government squanders too much money, and and at some point, enough pain will be administered so they stop. But uh, it's just fact. The, the, if you're spending a trillion dollars in interest payments, you can't spend the same amount on missiles or Social Security or Medicare or, or the endowment for the arts. And so something's got to give. And it won't give anytime soon. It's again the market's going to the bond vigilantes are going to administer pain and then the change will happen and so just no one cared about the deficit or debt until now and now because it's really starting to impact bond prices and interest rates now people care and and uh, again I just I don't see an end to this anytime soon and uh, I just want you to be aware and stay tuned here because we're going to make money no matter what the hell's going on. So please do me a favor. Go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for my free newsletter. You get my, my how to sell video, which is worth the price of admission to put it mildly and no one else talks about it. And, and I want that, you know, to, I want to bring you value. And if I can get you out of harm's way out of some of your stocks, uh, I, I'll do just that. And that's today's top story. Now it's time to check the mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. Uh, Charlie from New York was kind enough to come in via voice uh, memo. Let's see what he has to ask about. Bakes, can you please talk about Ozempic and the impact it may have on consumer businesses, notably food and beverage companies? And separately, should we now expect to see a super cycle in the defense industry because of the amount of large-scale conflicts that are happening? Uh, Charlie, thank you very much. And and uh, I love the, f- the fact that you make me look at, at things uh, with a, in a different light. I've, I've had a lot of podcasts and done a lot of reading about these things, and now you make me focus on it, which I love it. So these are two topics. Let's go for the first one, Ozempic. Uh, and I know that Manjaro is made by Lilly, and that's you know another GLP-1 weight loss drug that is, is screaming in popularity. I picked Novo Nordisk because you talked about Ozempic, which is what they make. Uh, it's a Danish company. I've got the chart here. Uh, uh, for listeners, the stock has gone over the last year from 60 to 100. I don't know about you, but I'm seeing people uh, take it in restaurants. I've got friends talking about it. I've got people going to, uh, uh, to, to you know, get doctor's appointments. Some are already on it and, and have lost a substantial weight. Uh, and, you know, it's obviously great for Novo Nordisk. And I, I think this is a hold. It's not a buy for me. It looks extended. It, it, it doesn't have that look that I usually go for where it's a coming out of the base because, frankly, this was a year ago. And it also, the pharma ETFs don't look like this. Uh, so it, it's good for, for Novo Nordisk and, and uh, Lilly, 
but the the uh, uh, you know Amgens and the Pfizer's look god awful. So uh, this is a real phenomenon. It you know it looks like it is a a wonderful drug and and uh, creating a lot of benefits for people. Now here are the ripple effects, and I, I kind of came up with a subtitle. Uh, you know, weight loss for stocks, the Ozempic revolution. And, and here's what I've come up with. A lot of this comes from The Economist uh, and, uh, and the Prof G podcast, but just other things that, that uh, I've, I've read. Uh, DaVita, DVA, uh, is the uh, uh, dialysis company. And uh, I used to own this stock huge uh, when the Sox won their first World Series. That's how old I am and how long I've been doing this. And if you've ever been to a DeVita facility, it's sad. Uh, you know, if you have kidney failure, renal failure, you go there and you get hooked up to a dialysis machine three times a week for a couple of hours. Uh, it is just a lousy existence. They stopped a study saying that this improves uh, kidney function dramatically and, and the, you know, the stock got pummeled. And so uh, the, the, uh, the thought process is that uh, you're going to have a dramatic reduction in the demand for their services. Now, what the market does is say, I'm going to shoot uh, first and ask questions later. My, uh, my, uh, re- the reason I use charts so much is it, it tells me when things are good and getting better. I'm not looking for things that aren't that bad and not getting that much worse. Because that what's going to happen, every conference call for the next two, three years is going to be, how much is Ozempic killing your business? And, and if it starts showing up in the numbers, it just becomes... Uh, dead money. And so uh, the the proof on the company that is being impacted by Ozempic negatively has just begun, in my opinion. Let's continue. Intuitive Surgical. Uh, you know, they do prostate surgery and, and other surgeries. Uh, it's a, it's the Da Vinci is an absolutely wonderful uh, robotic surgery system, but part of their growth was from bariatric surgery. And so people are saying, I'm going to go to Ozempic first and, and lose my 30 pounds, and I'm not going to use uh, uh, bariatric surgery. The stock uh, pummeled, and that's just you know the tip of the iceberg there. United Airlines and all the airlines, okay, uh, uh, if, if, uh, the, if the flyer weighs 10 less pounds, we can save millions and millions of dollars in fuel costs. Uh, McDonald's. Pepsi, uh, Pepsi says they haven't seen it yet. They will, in my opinion. This doesn't make any sense. Walmart has already talked about ticket sizes going down because of the Ozempic effect, and and that surprises me a little bit. Weight Watchers has started to scream to the upside because they're going to put it into part of their services. Uh, it's it's just a flat out negative for fast food, Wendy's. Uh, uh, McDonald's, etc. Alcohol and cigarettes. There's talk that that the demand for that goes down. So Altria and cigarettes and Constellation brands and alcohol that's going down. The hospitals are going to see less demand. HCA, Boston Scientific, hips, knees, uh, other medical devices that goes down. So uh, from a practical standpoint, I think you can own Nova Nordisk, and I think you want to avoid these. Uh, 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 you know, there, there's cells to me because there's so much to do. You don't need to go through the rubble and 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 you know try to be a hero and catch these falling knives. Wait till the knife is on the ground, safe, and then you can go pick it up. And uh, we're not there yet. We're just we're just getting started. Some other numbers: the Milken Institute, 
Obesity costs the economy $1.7 trillion a year. That's 6.8%. You drive that down by 50%. Think about the, the productivity boost that that means for the economy. Diabetes, hips, depression, fuel for airlines. Uh, Galloway thinks this is going to be bigger than AI, and I think I'm getting there uh, with him. 40% of Americans are obese. You get that down to 10% or less. I mean, it, it's incredible. Other thoughts, dating sites, okay? Uh, uh, I'm married 30 years, so I don't know about this stuff, but dating sites, um, you lose uh, uh, you know, 15% of your body weight, you feel better, people aren't going aren't gonna to swipe past you so much, enrollments of dating sites goes up. Um, uh, 11% weight loss is, is, is uh, reported o- over the first six months. They've got studies showing uh, uh, heart attack down, stroke down, cardiovascular disease down 20%, uh, drinking down 60% in, uh, in, in some cases. Uh, uh, you know, Morgan Stanley is talking about 24 million people, 7% of the population being on this by 2035. Now, when I ha- hear a, a, a forecast that goes out 10 plus years, I really give it a lot of grains of salt. Nobody knows. Uh, Novo doesn't know. Every, the smartest doctor on the planet doesn't know. But it's, it's, a, it's a clear trend that's happening. People report uh, ingesting 24% less calories a day. Uh, United Airlines, they think they can, they can save $80 million a year. Fuel is 25% of the cost uh, for airlines. Uh, I think Pepsi and Coke are, are, are dead in the water. Uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, now, The Economist has a more sober view. Who's going to pay for this? And so you, you, how much insurance pushback are you going to get? And, and how many people can afford the co-pays of, of, of taking this expensive drug? Yes, it saves a lot of money over the long haul, but then there's the reality in the, in the short term. Uh, we don't know the side effects entirely yet. We don't know dropout rates, and we don't know uh, how much weight people regain after you, uh, uh, you stop taking this. So uh, Bernstein... He thinks that it's you know it's a sort of a 05 percent kind of, uh, of 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 move in the healthcare system, and uh, bottom line is these stocks are in purgatory. So uh, Novo Nordisk uh, I think is a hold, and all these other things I mentioned. And if you have some others that I haven't thought of, bring it. But I go through chart after chart. I didn't want to have forty seven charts here. I love charts, but Chrissy hates them, so I didn't want to do that to her. Um, avoid them just avoid them there's so many things to do and frankly i don't i didn't find a way in my my uh uh, search through three thousand charts this past month i didn't see a great short food and beverage etf otherwise i'd be talking about it so uh uh i hope i've been helpful i think this is going to be a a very significant trend. It could be a very big positive. I think a lot of that gets priced in in knee-jerk fashion, and then you see the reality as we progress over the next year or two. Uh, That's where I am. Oh, and Murph asked me about what chart service do I use to come up with these these pretty charts. Uh, Market Smith. It comes from William O'Neill and Company. They don't pay me. Uh, I pay them. I'm a customer for 30-plus years, and I'm a huge fan, and it's worth every dime to me. So uh, I hope that's helpful. 
Next, I'm going to go to the Lockheed, the, the, the deep defense part of the question, and I use Lockheed Martin as my poster child. Frankly, I could have put up Raytheon or Boeing, or they all kind of look the same, which is why I look at, uh, you know, my main uh, thrust of what I do is the belief that stocks move in groups, and getting the group right is way more important than getting this particular stock right. You know, if things are good for the defense companies, it's good for all of them. And uh, I'm going to be blunt. This is a sell. And part of that comes from my experience at 9-11. I was in New York at 9-11. I was at the Park Plaza on 60th Street. And I watched the smoke come up, up Fifth Avenue. Uh, and, and, you know, I was uh, freaked out, to put it mildly. And I got back to the office, and all of us said, okay, well, let's go, you know, who finds out who wins? And when the market opened, you know, you own defense stocks. And we spent a lot of time, killed a lot of trees, spent a lot of times in meetings. And the bottom line is, it got priced in pretty damn fast. And basically, the defense companies didn't do anything for four years. And I show that here on this line over to the, to the, uh, the, the far left. September 11th, it pops, and then it doesn't do a darn thing. Uh, now... The stocks ripped, in this case, from, from 70 to 440 where we are right now. So a six-bagger over that 20-year that period. And I'm saying that was the super cycle, and it is over. And waste, fraud, and abuse in the government is rampant, and the government is fat and corrupt, and the defense companies are really fat and really corrupt. And it's coming to an end because, see the slide before, the the interest payments are soaking up the oxygen in the room, and you can't spend the, the money on defense the way that we used to, especially when they gouge you and they have a uh, an oil pressure valve that costs four hundred bucks, but it's tucked away and they charge you ten thousand in the contract. So there's a sixty minutes uh, piece that I'm going to put out uh, in my newsletter. Uh, you know. And this will not change anytime soon. Yes, we should have term limits. Yes, we should we should get people out of the government three years after they go. Uh, the reason people stay there thirty years is that it pays to have the lobbyists you know bribe you in essence. Uh, now, no one asked me, and this is not going to happen because Congress uh, uh, would have to vote themselves out. But bottom line is, the dollars aren't going to be there. And so uh, this is a sell on the chart. This is a sell philosophically. And, and yes, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I believe in defending the country uh, down to my bone marrow, but you don't need $10,000 oil pressure gauges to do so. So uh, I would stay away from the defense stocks. I know what's going on in, in Gaza and, and Ukraine and maybe in Taiwan down the road, but uh, the government could, could, could run a very, very strong defense when they get all the fat out of, out of the budget. And that's going to come out of the, high, the revenues and the margins of, of, of these companies, even though they have the greatest lobbyists on God's earth. So don't touch them. Am I being vague? I think not. Ah, now, this is kind of, I want to get a little more fun. Uh, Hormel, this is a share scoops. Uh, 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 John came in from, uh, from uh, Detroit and said, hey, I'm a share scoops subscriber. And, uh, you know, uh, is, what do you think about Hormel? Is it a buy? And uh, it is not. It is a sell. And it was a sell at 46.50. Uh, I show these arrows here. 
for, for those of you keeping score at home, especially listening, I have a cell discipline that works. It isn't perfect, but it works. And I show my three separate times where uh, the, the, the chart triggers uh, cell pieces, uh, equal parts of a third, and it would have got you out of 46.50. And here we are at 32, down 29%. Hormel uh, makes spam. They make other stuff, but spam it just sounds funny. I want to break into a Monty Python bit, but I won't do that to you. Um, and uh, it's, uh, for my Philly friends, spam is, is scrapple in a can, kind of. Uh, I know they're going to argue with me. Uh, yeah, everything but the squeal is what scrapple is. But uh, two things, uh, uh, you know, hoarding for the, for the uh, uh, pandemic, you know, that probably has worked itself off. And the last thing people are going to buy, especially if they're taking Ozempic, is spam. And so, uh, it's, you know, yeah, it probably looks cheap. But it isn't, and it's going to be cheap for a while. What the hell is going to turn Hormel around over the next two years? And I don't know, and I don't think they know. So uh, stay away from Hormel. Uh, uh, I, I don't. I want cheapness with change, positive change, and you don't have it here. So that's it for the mailbag this week. If you want to write into the show with any questions or comments, email me at bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Even better, leave me a voice recording, and we can play your question on the show. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Stock Market Authority portfolio. I'll give you this week's Bakes Takes. You're listening to Stock Market Authority. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Do you want to become a better investor? Do you want to learn how to make money in both up and down markets? Then you need to go to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. Stock Market Authority is run by award-winning investment manager Kevin Bakes Baker. His aim is to save you time while teaching you how to be a better investor. Bakes saves you time by diving into all the latest stock market news and information so that you don't have to. He reads all the latest articles, analyzes the charts, and listens to all the relevant podcasts. And then once a week, he gives you a breakdown of what's happening in the market. Stock Market Authority is constantly outperforming the S&P and the HFRX. Bakes is going to share with you his weekly stock observations. He'll give you concise insights and show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses. Stock Market Authority is making money in up and down markets. Wouldn't you like to do the same? So join now and let Bakes show you how. Head on over to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. That's stockmarketauthority.com, making money in up and down markets. Welcome back. I'm looking at myself on the monitor, and I uh, realize that I'm not on Ozempic by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, we've been talking about interest rates higher for longer, and, uh, and uh, because I apparently uh, love uh, uh, punishment, uh, here's the portfolio. And I put it out there. Uh, uh, I, I put it in the newsletter recently. And uh, bottom line is, since we started this, uh, you know, coming up on three and a half years ago, we've beat the hedge funds by two times. And uh, we've made money every year. And I think that's pretty damn good. And uh, I just I put this out there to show that I eat home cooking. Uh, I, I simply talk about what I invest in and and what I talk about my boys with. And I can't be more uh, transparent or, or congruent with you. To, you know, I'm giving you information that I'm acting upon. So here's the, the uh, portfolio right now. Again, uh, two times the hedge fund since inception. We've made, every money, made money every year. So far, so good. And frankly, your money manager has a different goal. And if you listen to CNBC or other programs like that, uh, they always talk about outperforming. Well, 
if you're down 20% last year and, you're, and the money manager is down 17 he gets high five for outperforming. And I just think it's ridiculous. There's 3,000 ETFs out there. There's always something to do. And, and there's ways to make money in up and down markets. And I'm proving it. So uh, come along for the ride. My end game eventually is I want to have the stock market authority or the Bakes uh, ETF and, and be your hedge fund. Simple, uh, less expensive, more fun, uh, and... Um, uh, you know, so stay tuned. I, I, that's really what I'm trying to do. We're 25% uranium right now. I know uh, I've been, been talking about this a lot, but I, I still get calls from people saying, what well, was it time to buy? You know, or that it, it, it was down yesterday. What do we do? This is inning three or four, and uranium is going north. And the spot price is around 69.70. We're going to take out that 73 level, and we're going to go to 140. And the, and that's the, the the metal itself. And the stock's going to go up way more. And I said I said it to Murph this past week. If we don't make three times our money, I'll be ticked off. So there we go. Uh, we're 14% oil and gas services and refiners. We don't own the the producers yet. We might. But this is, the, you know, the rig companies and what have you and, and uh, the Valeros of the world that, that uh, refine this into gasoline and diesel and what have you. Those are acting better. We're 7% Argentina. We're 23% in AI, tech, etc. We're 12% in Bitcoin, which is acting much better, especially the fact that the SEC didn't appeal their court decision that went against them when Grayscale sued them to turn the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust into a spot uh, Bitcoin ETF. So that discount is narrowing every day, and I think it's going to uh, 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 go north. And uh, if we ever take out 31000 on on Bitcoin itself, we're going to have another big move. I think it could be like uranium, frankly. We're 7% short real estate, and we're 12% in cash. Uh, we're down for the year. I don't like it. We're down 15%. Uh, the S&P's up 14. Uh, we beat them last year. They're beating us. And uh, I've got two and a half months to, uh, to uh, make it up. So uh, wish me luck. And um, I think we're going to have a great 2024 as well. Uh, my first chart here is, is the ProShares Short Real Estate, REK. This is a new buy from this past week. I shared it in the newsletter, but I wanted to do it here to be consistent. I wish this was the San Francisco uh, and Boston office space short real estate fund, but I couldn't find one. So I go through every ETF that's out there, and I find this. This is more shorting warehouses, Polaris, uh, 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 Prologis, sorry, Prologis, cell towers, American Tower, uh, data centers, Equinix, and it's just this simple. Cap rates are going up. When interest rates go down, these are, in essence, bonds with bricks, and the value of these goes down. And uh, uh, it's just it's clear to me that the trend has changed. This plays into the interest rate rising for longer theme, and uh, I think this is going to go up as the property values of those other assets go down. And uh, wish us luck. Uh, next uh, is the Global X Robotics Fund, BOTZ. We sold this. The, uh, my sell discipline uh, is I, I'm very consistent. When it, it, uh, anything closes below the 200-day moving average, I sell a third. When the 50-day comes down to the 200, I sell another third, and, uh, and then I go. 
uh, and part of this is intuitive surgical was a big piece of this and uh, Ozempic is hurting their business. So, um, uh, you know, we've got plenty of things to do and we're out of, uh, of, uh, of bots, B-O-T-Z. I'm going to go through recent improvements in my newsletter and my social media posts. Please subscribe, follow, and share. That's how we're invested on October 18th. And let's get into this week's Bakes Takes. And uh, my, takes, my takes today are, number one, I'm reaching out to every student-managed investment fund I can find. And uh, what I'm, I'm, I'm seeing is that uh, the courses there are very much, you know, buying Peter Lynch kinds of stocks, you know, and, and analyzing Apple and Amazon and, and, and what have you. Uh, what I bring to the table is I'll teach you how to sell, uh, which I'm proving that I can do. Uh, how to read charts, I'm proving I can do that, and how Wall Street really works. And I think I'd add a lot of value, and I invite all the student-managed investment funds to, uh, to come into the fold. Uh, everything's free for now. I'm going to eventually have a premium tier, but uh, uh, come on board, and we'll have a lot of fun together. Uh, my other takes are uranium, URNJ. This is just, you know... Uh, 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 I wanted to stress upon all the people that call me and text me and say, you know, what do I do? The stock's down. Uh, what's going on? And I just want to impress upon you that this is what stocks are supposed to do. They rise on big volume and then they recede on down volume. It's a low volume pullback. I'm using that phrase all the time into very defined uh, support levels and the trend is up. And, you know, it's just simply building staircases. And that's what you want to do. This is just the first of many staircases. And we're going to build this up for the next two, three years, in my opinion. And don't get shaken out of anything. My self-discipline isn't even close to being invoked. So if you own uranium, I'm full. I own as much as I want to. I'm 25% in uranium. But for low-volume pullbacks, this isn't financial advice. I don't know your, your whole picture, all the lawyerly disclaimers. Uh, but uranium is going up. And URNJ is probably the, one of the best investments I've found in, in years. In years. Uh, next is NVIDIA. And I, I put this chart up because literally I was listening to a, a podcast, uh, uh, another podcast on the way up here, and it was, oh, the AI hype. And this is, you know, reminds me of the 2000s bubble uh, and, uh, of Cisco. It's not. It doesn't look like Cisco. It is just building a stair, uh, a stair step between 400 and 500 like bullish stocks do. And you say, oh, well, the valuation can't be justified. Yes, it can, because millions of investors that are very smart and, and are doing a lot of trade checks say the stock is worth 460 bucks right now, okay? So if you don't want to be there or you want to make excuses to your investing committee, hey, our performance stinks because we don't own NVIDIA because we think that all these guys are crazy and it's too expensive, then that's a you problem, as Jack would say. So... Also, if you just take the consensus estimates of NVIDIA, uh, it's 46 times next year's number. That's expensive, no question about it, but they're going, they're going to grow 160%. So you tell me what's expensive. And then on 2025, it's October of 2023, it isn't that far away, it trades at 29 times earnings, and it's growing, going to grow another 62% if these numbers are true. So... Uh, you know, you do you, 
but NVIDIA is a bullish chart that is simply consolidating. Uh, we own it in two of our, our, our ETFs. And, um, uh, you know, be, be very cautious of people reflexively saying bubble and, 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 and speculation and valuation. The charts are telling a very different story. This does not look like Cisco in 2000. I've shown it before. I might have to show it again, but uh, NVIDIA looks fine to me. Uh, and as I just throw this out there, uh, I have not pulled the trigger on this. This is EPI. It is a, uh, uh, a stock investing in India. And this, whenever I see four or five ETFs that all look pretty promising, something good is going on in India. And, and I'm working on, uh, you know, deciphering uh, what bullish thesis I believe in. Uh, but I want your help. So if you have anecdotes, you have experience, uh, you see something that, that either bolsters or diminishes the bull case for India, I'm all ears, and I really appreciate your help. Please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com, sign up for my free newsletter, and those are my big takes for the week. As we close out today's show, uh, I always like to end with some much-needed levity, and uh, please click on the, on the link in the description below. This is Nate Bargatze golfing with my wife. Uh, it's funny. It's clean, Mom and Dad. I, I, you know, I pre-cleared it with, uh, for you. He is hosting Saturday Night Live on the 28th, and the Foo Fighters are performing. So I'm going to watch Saturday Night Live for the first time since Belushi died, I think. Anyway, that's it for today's show. I have no clue what I'm talking about next week. You tell me what you want me to, and I'll see you. Take care. God bless. Keep smiling. Bye now. This is Bakes, Stock Market Authority. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.